You're listening to the MyMac.com podcast with your host, Tim Robertson. Hi, I'm Tim Robertson, and this is the MyMac podcast number 230. On the podcast this week, David Cohen and Guy Sero join me for the entire show. Up first, we take a comprehensive look at the Macintosh Computer's Apple release this week. Then the topic shifts to the beta of Safari 4 and what we think about the new web browser. Finally, we spent some time talking Windows 7 and comparing what Microsoft is doing with what Apple has done. Thanks for downloading. Hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to another exciting week of Macintosh Computing. Uh, this is the MyMac Podcast. I am Tim Robertson, and I've got David Cohen and Guy Searle with me. You guys are going to be with me all three segments this week. Yep. Yeah. Cool. We get we get triple pay this week. You get triple pay. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I've been, I have noticed, though, and we've only done, uh, well, this is our third show doing in the in the shorter, more focused segments, but David, you're usually in every segment, and so am I. And uh, maybe we'll have to do something so I'm not in every segment. We'll just turn it over to Guy. It'll just be Guy one time. Yeah, the Guy show. The Guy show. Yeah, (laughs) everybody wants that. Absolutely. Well, let's kick it off real quick right now because a lot of happenings in the Mac world. Probably the biggest thing, brand new software, brand new hardware from Apple Computer. Of course, the new software is just updates as well as a web browser, uh, Safari 4 Beta. We're actually going to talk that uh, more in depth in segment number two, but in segment one, number one, Apple hardware guys, it finally happened. A brand new Mac Mini. Uh, I I don't know about you guys, but I think it's a nice looking little machine. I think the specs are kind of impressive. I've heard some uh, derogatory comments about it from a lot of Mac guys out there on the internet. Uh, it's it's too expensive. It doesn't do enough. Well, let's that start seems, with that the Mac Mini. Kind of, yeah, that seems kind of silly because it's. It's essentially the same price it was before with better with better specs. Much better specs. In fact, That's this right. is kind of strange to me. It actually has two ports for display. It has a DVI and... Yeah, it's got, yeah, it's got the mini DVI and it's got display port. Yeah. Does that surprise Does that, you, David? Yeah. Oh, and one other, th- th- one other thing to add, they include the mini DVI to DVI adapter. So that's included mm, that's, with it. That's good, yeah. Yep. But I, I think I think that underlines why it has two ports on it because uh, if they'd have done just mini Display Port only, there's only one monitor you can buy that you could plug that into. Right. Right. No. So way. as a as a desktop machine, that wouldn't really work. So, um, but but you know that means that effectively with a Mac Mini, you can have two monitors off it now. Absolutely. You could, which, it's graphic uh, card. Which, uh, well, it's it, oh. the built-in graphic card, but it can do dual displays. Well, yeah, yeah well, it's got it's got the new Nvidia 9400M, uh, which is you know it's it's it shares system RAM, I, I believe. Yep. But that's a lot better than the integrated Intel what the GMA 950. GMA 950. Yeah, that they yes. had before. Effectively, the Mac Mini is the same as it was always been. It's it's effectively it's a MacBook put into a desktop desktop case. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's exactly uh, what it is. It's it is a it's a it's a MacBook. Uh, but I think it's better than a MacBook, other than you know the whole portability and no built-in monitor. It's got five USB ports on this thing. That's, yeah. that's more USB ports than any Macintosh, including and, the Pro. And this is actually the very first one, I believe, that's had a FireWire 800 port. Um, on, you know what? On, I don't yeah, know. They, they, they had FireWire 400 on it. Yeah, before. right. And one, so. other th- one other thing to note about the minis 
is the previous gen, if you got the lower end model, you got the combo drive, and only the upper end had the super drive. These both have super drives. The, in fact, the That's only true. difference between these two is the size of the hard drive and the amount of about shipping RAM. RAM. Yeah. And, and I, I think given the price differential, you'd be crazy to buy the bigger machine. Um, oh, absolutely. It's $200. One, the, the low-end machine, which comes with, what, a 120-gig hard drive? Yeah. yeah. That's the 599 and how much RAM? One gig? One, one gig. gig. So yeah. double both of those, 320-gigabyte hard drive, two gigs of RAM for a machine that costs 799 Why would anybody do that? I guess just if they're worried about opening it up and changing the components themselves. I mean, you have to do that whole putty knife thing with the Mac Mini to get it open, and it, it makes a pretty horrible noise when you get the case off. Um, so if you, I guess if you're not confident in, in doing that, you might want to go for the higher machine. But, that, that sounded like um, the voice of experience, David. Uh, I've seen videos. I've never actually. I've never again. I've never had the uh, never the guts to actually try it myself because I'd be too worried about breaking something. But certainly, um, you know, it, it, it's apparently not very hard to do. And if you are, if you want to put memory and disk in yourself, you could have much better specs than the um, than even the upper end Mac Mini for uh, much less money. Don't you think that this is a, an excellent machine to hook up to a home entertainment center? I mean, it's got built-in Wi-Fi. It's got Bluetooth. You can have the, the wireless mouse and keyboard with it if you want from across the room. Uh, it has a DVI port. It's got everything you need. In fact, it even comes with the adapter that you need, David. That's right. And the other thing as well, because it's a, a much more powerful machine, if you want to transcode stuff, which uh, if you download video off the Internet, you often want to do, um, it's going to be able to do that much better for you as well. Yeah. Um, Instead of trying to stream it, right. Yeah. So would you think that this would be a better choice for a lot of people than an Apple TV, or do you think that an Apple TV is probably a better choice? Personally, I think the Apple TV is if you're not really geeky. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing for me. I've got an Apple TV on uh, on my HD TV. I've got a Mac Mini behind there, but I've never actually plugged it directly into the TV. And the reason for that is that, you know, it, it's it's a bit of a pain. You have to sort of figure out the right cables. You need to make sure that your TV can cope with a, a computer resolution and all of that. With the uh, Apple TV, you don't have to worry about any of that. You literally just plug in a, an HDMI cable and it works. Yep. So it's, it's you know it's the it's the quick and dirty and the in the very simple way of doing it. If you want to do something more sophisticated, if you are a little bit more geeky, then you can uh, you can look to do the uh, look to do a Mac Mini in there. But um, you know I I. I I, I was quite impressed with the, with the new machine. I think it's uh, I think it's nice. You know, I think Apple are being very clever about um, not reducing the price, um, but actually adding value in because I think that's going to keep their margins up. And then they, if they do need to discount later on, they've got somewhere to go. Uh, and so I thought it was a pretty strong move from them. I will say that the Ustream.tv people are, by the way, and anybody listening to this as a podcast, you can join us live on Ustream on Thursdays, six p.m. Eastern, three p.m. Pacific. Um, they're reminding me, uh, in their chat that one of the other big differences, guys, between the 599 and the 799 is the amount of video RAM. The low end model only has 128, whereas the 799 model has 256. That could make oh, a big was, difference. I thought that was shared. Yes. Or- yes. But you get, you get 128 on the 599 model and you get 256 on the 799 model. Now, if you're going to use this as something to watch HD content in your living room, it might be worth going with the higher machine. Just um, to double that memory. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know enough about that particular chipset to know whether that would make much of a difference or not, really. Um, yeah, hard, hard to comment on that, really. Mm-hmm. What do you think, they, uh, Guy? Do you Guy. think that? Uh, <laughs> 256, 128, do you think that's going to make any difference for you? If you're, I, I don't think you're actually going to buy a Mini. I don't see you buying one. But if you were, would that make any kind of a difference to you? Well, I, I actually may be getting one for my son Guy, who is still on my old uh, G4 machine. Oh, this would and, be a huge improvement over a G4. Oh, yeah. And and he's he's got the same 22-inch Acer monitor that I've got hooked up to my iMac down here. So I wouldn't even have to buy a monitor for it. So you know, I mean, five ninety nine is 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 a pretty good price point for it. I guess the only real question I have is the Nvidia ninety four hundred M that has its own RAM, or it's they have it set up to where it's sharing <coughs> it's either one hundred twenty eight or two hundred and fifty six megs. Yes, it's no, it's sharing it with uh, the main memory. system RAM. Yeah. Okay. So it's it's uh, it's set up in in software on the graphics chip to only accept a certain amount of shared memory for the for the lower and higher end models without actually having it and taking it apart and taking a look. I couldn't tell you. Yeah, that's true. It is kind of odd though that I, I would think that they would just go ahead and, and make it two fifty six all the way around. Yeah, why it's not, not like it's costing them anything extra, and they they have to be retarding the uh, the one the, the lower end model to give it only one hundred twenty eight. Right, that's what I was saying. Yeah, that is kind of odd. It, it, it's probably something to do with the actual uh, bandwidth channels on the graphics processor itself, I'd have thought. But Apple doesn't want to sell anybody the 599 one. They want people to buy the 799. I, well, of course. Actually, Apple wants people to buy either an iMac or a Mac Pro. But if this is what you're going to go with, I don't know. I think they should have just made it 599 and gave it the higher specs. Because the hard drive prices are next to nothing. RAM yeah. is next to nothing. And, and that's the only difference between the two. Well, depending depending on how well the uh, the ninety four hundred M works, you could probably get by very well on one hundred and twenty eight uh, megs, depending on what it is you're doing. I think um, one of the you know one nice thing about the five ninety nine one, if you're not that worried about that, is that you can go into Best Buy and pick up a, a much bigger two and a half inch drive, a five hundred gig uh, two and a half inch drive, and and double the RAM for much less than what you'd pay for the the higher end model. Absolutely. The other new model that came out, it was an iMac. There's four new iMacs. It starts at uh, the 20-inch model and goes all the way up to the 24-inch model. What's kind of surprising to me, guys, is the price point last, well, I was going to say last year, but last week, I guess I should say, uh, the the low-end model, the 20-inch, is now the same price as the new 24-inch low-end model. So you can get yep. bigger screen at the same price as you could a, a month ago, or a week ago. And much faster, too. That's a 2.66 uh, processor. Yep. Now, the, the one thing about these new iMacs, and p- I think part of the reason why they were able to kind of reduce the price on them, is that the 20-inch and the low-end 24-inch are also using the the NVIDIA 9400M uh, graphics chipset. Until you get into the, the two higher-end ones, the 1799 and 2199 models, uh, you, you get either the the GT120, which is a NVIDIA chipset, 256 megs uh, built in, or the GT130, which is 512. Yep. Yeah. yeah so if you're going to get an iMac, you don't want the lower two models because you're getting worse graphics. Right. But, but uh, again, uh, that depends I don't, on what I don't you're know. It depends what you're doing. Exactly. Yeah. I would agree. 
Because, I mean, the, to, to me, the entry-level 24-inch is the sweet spot here. You're getting, a, you know, you're getting 4 gigs of RAM with that. You're getting a 640-gig drive. You're getting a super drive. You're getting, it, all right, the uh, lower-end video graphics, but the 24-inch display at a very, very cheap price. I mean, this, to me, this is the machine that kind of goes back to, you know, when people say, oh, you can get a Dell, you know, that's better value and that sort of thing. This is the machine where Apple's saying, well, actually, no, you can't. Um, the the graphics the graphics processor in in that particular machine I think is for the price point is perfectly fine it'll do you know anybody who's got a, a MacBook will will tell you that it'll, that it'll do most things that they actually want to do unless you want to do you know really high level video editing or this stuff that really uh, right. drives the graphic processor and I think games. that is actually the yeah well yeah but games as well they'll play games. Mm. Um, you know, it, it won't. It won't play. You, know, you won't get the fast, absolute fastest frame rates. But you know, but it will play games. It will play them perfectly well. Well, um, I would. I would be interested in seeing how well. Like you know, I mean, most people, if they're going to game on their <coughs> Macs, they're going to go ahead and and either do boot camp or they're going to do uh, parallels or VMware Fusion, and they're going to put Windows on it because you know that's where that's where most of the games are. So you know w- w- the the big question that I always seem pop up is will it play Crisis? No, it won't. <laughs> well, not, not particularly, not no. particularly well. It, it but play you know, it, again, but, yeah. I I I have a the way games are played nowadays, the way games are reviewed nowadays, I have a bit of a problem with because what they always do is they bump the games up to the maximum resolution that the panel or anything can can go and then they play the game and they say, oh, we can only get 10, 15 frames per second. But people actually want to play a game at 1600 by 1200. You know, if you if you push that down a bit to ten twenty four by seven six eight and up the anti aliasing, you're going to get an experience that still looks pretty good, um, and you'll get playable frame rights even on something like Crisis on one of these machines. I don't know. I think that as the popularity of consoles gets more and more and more, that the Xbox three hundred and sixty and the PS three, the games look simply fantastic. That when you play an average game on the Mac or even the PC now, it, they don't even compare. They don't look as good as what you can get on the console. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't think that people are buying Macs anymore to play games on. I, I, no. I'm sorry to say that for the game developers out there, those that keep sending me games for review without asking first. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it's, I just don't see a lot of Mac users saying we need a gaming platform machine, something that's going to run Crisis at you know 60 frames per yeah. second. I, I just don't see that. But if you you know if you do want to fire up a, a game and you want you know you want to play Call of Duty or something like that, it'll run on it'll run on an i four hundred M system. It, you know you may not get the absolute best frame rates, but it'll run and it, you'll be able to play and the it'll game. Look you'll have fun. So, yeah, and it'll look good. So what do you guys think? Twenty uh, inch iMac, two point six six gigahertz. It's only twelve hundred bucks. I think Amazing. that's a pretty damn good price. That and, is, a and the twenty inch iMac iMac is a great machine. That's really really nice. Yeah. Uh, bump but it up. It's not. Two. It's not much more of a stretch to get the twenty-four inch. No, it's three hundred bucks more, Sorry. and it's the same speed. But the twenty-four inch screen—that's a big screen. I've got a twenty-four inch iMac right now, and I got to say there is a big difference between a twenty and a twenty-four. You yeah, don't I think agree. so, but there really is. Yeah, I've got I've got a twenty-four uh, from what two years ago, the two point one six, and. Um, Chances are, as we get farther along into the year, and, and 
some of these models start coming into the refurb, which is where I typically buy my machines, I'm going to be taking a pretty hard look at the, the mid-range and high-range 24 inches for myself. Well, I tell you, it, it, right now, uh, and of course we do have two more, uh, a 24-inch 2.93 gigahertz for 17.99, and the right. Monster, which is a 24-inch 3.06 gigahertz for 21.99. I probably wouldn't recommend that to anybody. Uh, I'd probably go with one of the two in the middle, the the 2.6 or the 2.9. yeah. Uh, f- you know, 1500 bucks. that's going to be a really hard machine to, to, to beat right there. Um, that being said, 640-gigabyte hard drive, 4 gigabytes of memory. That right there is a big difference between the 20 and the 24-inch. The 20-inch comes with 2 gigs of RAM. The 24-inch comes with 4 gigs of RAM. Um, I think and that's you, a selling point And you can put right up there. to 8 in them. Yes. Yeah. So, which is a, which is an increase, I think, from the last generation. Yeah, if you if you look at the the entry level twenty four inch iMac guy, and it's at fourteen ninety nine, I think in six months you're going to be seeing that for twelve ninety nine, a refurb, and that would be just Amazing. very hard to beat. I, I just don't I don't see anybody beating that. The MacBook Pro's also got a small speed bump, but it's really not even worth talking about. Um, the other machine that was updated was the Mac Pro, and it's a monster, guys. Oh, this yeah. this one really caught everyone by surprise. Not many people were expecting this. That's right. Uh, in fact, I you know Leo Laporte was was saying on MacBreak Weekly he just ordered a, the older machine at the weekend. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Scott McNulty over at MacWorld also bought one recently. Um, and uh, so yeah, people really weren't expecting this machine to be now, updated. The, the funny thing is, if you look at the simply the the raw processing speed, the specs, the older machines were actually faster. But because the new machines take advantage of a lot more uh, memory architecture, uh, it does away with one of the buses. It's a much better, architecturally, much better machine. These new Nehalem processors really are the cutting edge of what Intel are doing at the moment. And, and this, these are one of the earliest machines to feature um, these processors. They're, they're known in, in the PC world as Core i7. Um, and um, this is brand new from Intel, and it's meant to be quite a step up from the old processors um, in terms of performance. They're saying 20 to 25% faster at the same clock speed. Apple kind of so, got away with... Uh, I don't know. The Mac Pros never really had Steve Jobs' uh, fingerprints on it because it has ports in the front. In fact, it has four FireWire 800 ports, two on the front, two on the back, five USB 2.0 ports. Uh, so I guess I was wrong earlier. The Mini's not the only one to have five, is it? Two on the front, three on the back, two USB ports included on the keyboard, of course. Right. Uh, front panel headphone mini jack. This has got a lot of stuff sticking out of the front of it, and it, that seems like it's the thing that Steve Jobs does not like. Why do you think they get away with it with the Mac Pro? Is it just simply because this is a pro-level machine that people need quick access to these uh, ports? I, I yeah, think that's exactly I would agree. What I guess. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think I think guys are constantly. You know, the the, the Mac Pros. It's all about moving large amounts of data on, on and off these systems quickly and. You know, to be able to just stick a, a FireWire or a USB drive in the front and be able to do that is very convenient. So they start at a 2.66 quad-core Intel Xeon and a uh, two 2.26 quad-core Intel Xeon processors. Well, no, these aren't these aren't the Xeons. These no, are that's the, the old one, isn't it? The, oh, oh, okay, you're talking yeah, about the, the old yeah, one. Sorry. The Xeon, Xeon <laughs> is, is like Intel's branding for their right. top-end processor so they are xeons but they are the new new architecture xeons the top of the line comes uh standard with six gigs of ram the lower model comes with three gigs of ram um 
they both come with 640 gigabyte hard drive. Why don't they just bump that up to one terabyte? Doesn't that just sound they, better? That just sound. I have no idea. I mean, 640 uh, gigabyte. Uh, well, that's just ugh. They, they've obviously had a. They've also got a deal on those because they're in the new IMAX as well. <coughs> yeah, <laughs> it's an odd size, 640. Um, if I was going to go buy a hard drive. I don't think I would even look at a 640 at this point. It would it'd have to start at one terabyte or at least 750. And go so up from I, there. I did exactly that just recently, uh, Tim. I, I wanted a new drive for my Drobo, um, and uh, I was changing out from a 160 gig. Uh, and uh, I saw the 640s, but the one terabytes were only about 15 pounds more, so I bought one of those instead. Yeah, why not? I mean, you're going to get a lot more space, and yeah. that's really what it's all about. And at this point, the hard drives are so cheap that... It, it, they're almost disposable, aren't they? Yeah. Well, we're going long in the tooth on this segment because there's a lot of stuff that we needed to cover. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, same people, me, David, and Guy, and we're going to talk about <gasps> Safari for Beta. Dum, dum, Safari. Dum. Stay tuned. And we're back with uh, David Guy and, of course, me, Tim. We do need to take a few seconds to talk about our sponsor, MacSales.com, Otherworld Computing. And, Guy, you actually found a really good deal up on their website today. Oh, yeah. Oh, here we go. Uh, you know, everybody wants to, to rag on PCs, but you know what? There's there's some stuff out there from the PC makers that's really great. And one of them is monitors. Monitors are your window to the world into your computer, bigger than... <laughs> Bigger the better, bigger the better, baby. And at Otherworld Computing at MaxSales.com, they've got three in their special section right now that, that we really got to tell you about. The first one is a Dell 24-inch 1920 by 1080 resolution. It's it's you know a flat LCD. It's got DVI. It's got HDMI. It's got VGA inputs, 249 with a three-year built-in Dell warranty. So you could buy the 599 Mac Mini, so call it 600 bucks. Right at two fifty, and have a twenty four inch monitor, and you're, 19, at, you're and you're at ten eighty resolution. You're you're already better than the low end model iMac, and it's a lot cheaper. Yep, uh, yeah. they also I mean, have you're, you're a higher resolution. Eight, well, no, seven fifty. Seven fifty. I'm sorry, you're right. Yeah, uh, they also have a Dell twenty three inch with a higher resolution twenty forty eight by eleven fifty two. That has All the USB same inputs. Too. Right. Well, it has yeah USB two hub, two eighty two hundred eighty bucks essentially. And the last one is this is a monster, a twenty seven inch monitor, nineteen twenty by twelve by twelve hundred twenty seven inch monitor with a USB hub, three year Dell warranty for six hundred and fifty dollars. And that is not one of those DVI D Link monitors that you have to have a special graphic card to run. So no, that, no. that, too, would run on a Mac Mini. This so it would actually cost you more to get this monitor than the Mac yeah, Mini. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, but the thing is, those, that's, that's, the reason that one's more expensive is because it's the Ultra Sharp, which uses exactly the same LCD panels that Apple uses in its monitors. Yeah, and, of so course, effect- Apple charges a lot more for their external that's monitors. That's right, yeah. The, right. The, the, the 20-inch Dell that I had, you remember the one that, that was the first review I ever wrote for yep, my Mac? I do. Was a Dell monitor? That was an ultra-sharp, and basically it was exactly the same internally as the 20-inch um, Apple cinema display. 
Um, and it was a fantastic monitor, it really was. So these these ultra sharp ones, you know, you pay a little bit more for them, but they re- you really are, you know, you're not getting you're not getting cheap sort of Dell shovelware with that. You're getting really good stuff. Of course, you yeah. can get a Dell twenty inch at Otherworld Computing too for one seventy nine. So yeah. you combine you know a less than two hundred dollar computer twenty inch with a five ninety nine Mac Mini, you've got a lot of screen real estate at a very low price. I mean, you know, honestly, if if a PC-loving friend of mine wanted to get into Mac and they wanted to do it on the cheap. I think that's probably exactly what I would tell them to get if they already had a crappy monitor that they wanted to replace. Get get the 20-inch Dell for 179 and get the 599 Mac Mini. Yeah. I mean, what else are they going to need? I Nothing. can't think of anything. And it's got five USB ports, so, you know, you got your printer, your scanner, your uh, external hard drives. It's, you know, the, the keyboard. What else do you yeah. need, really? And these these things will fit like right in front of, behind, what you know, wherever it is you want to put the Mac Mini, you can put it somewhere close to this monitor, and you are you're, you'll you'll really really love it. Uh, Gaz you, you Maz is even, saying you, they also need a keyboard, but I'm going to assume yeah. that they already have okay. a USB keyboard. All right, well let, let's let's not get into the Apple keyboards. You know they had a new keyboard yeah, as well, and uh, it looks like they did away with the number pad. Yeah, and the the one with the number pad, the wired ones with the number pad, without the number pad, same price. Now, what I'm curious about is with the IMAX, which one comes standard in the box? It's the one without the number pad. Yeah, that's horrible. I cannot use. Yeah, I have to have a number pad on my keyboard. I just have to. So let's talk about uh, what we're talking about in this segment, which is the new beta of Safari Four. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say uh, I actually kind of like it for some re- reasons, and I don't like it in others. Number one, for me, it's buggy. It crashes a lot. I mean, a lot more than... Um, Safari 3 did. Oh, well, yeah, obviously, but it's not as robust and um, tested as right. Safari 3. But that being said, I didn't have any problems for the first couple days, and I was encouraging people to try it out. Um, but now it's getting very crashy and buggy. Here's my problem, though. When you install the beta of Safari 4, it deletes your Safari 3. How stupid yeah. is that? Well, well not only that, I, but for all the people that are using WebKit, it also takes that over as well. Yeah, and, and I guess that, unfortunately, that's the... Um, maybe Apple should have been a bit more upfront about this, but that's the nature of the beta, is that, you know, it, because of the way Safari works, because it relies on all that stuff sort of deep down in the OS, it has to replace it in order to, uh, in order to run the new version. I, I, I was... I must admit, I was pleasantly surprised. I, you know, I, I did hold off for a few days because I was worried about exactly that, about trashing my system by putting new software on, um, particularly if it was going to replace stuff deep down in the OS. But I, I've actually been, you know, pretty pretty pleased with it. it. I mean, it definitely does perform better than any other web browser I've ever Man, used. Man, I got, I got to tell you, it, it is fast, and I mean. Yeah. There are some I mean, sites that's still slow, but I don't think that has anything to do with. Uh, that's uh, the more web along browser. the line. They're not using web yeah. standards. Well, for instance, I'm a big fan of the Detroit Lions, even though they, they're a horrible team. Um, and I always go to the same two websites to get my information on a daily basis on what's going on with the team. Both of those websites, the Free Press and the Detroit News, are some of the most notoriously slow websites I've ever been in in my life. They're just slow, takes forever to load anything. It, they're just horrible websites. Well, you can bet they probably coded that to Internet Explorer. No, it's it's slow on every single computer I've ever used, Guy. Oh, really? Every okay. co- every computer I use, it's slow. Um, 
And it's not because they're so, you know, big and powerful and getting billions of people every day. It's just a crappily designed website. And crappily, by the way, is trademark. No one else can use that but me. Um, <laughs> it, 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 my it, Mac, it just my ticks Mac me off. That's right. Trademark. MyMac.com. Um, it's just they're horrible websites, but they have the best information, so that's where I go every day on both my iPhone, usually the first thing in the morning on the computer, and then throughout the day I'll bring them up on the iPhone. And if you think it's slow and any web browser on the computer, try it on your iPhone. I, I you know, click the link and I'll put the iPhone down and pick it up five minutes later and hopefully it's downloading that page. But Safari 4 Beta actually opens it up faster than any web browser I've used so far, even though it's still slow. But that being said, getting off on a tangent... Uh, Safari 4 no. Beta is very fast at loading pages, guys. Very, yeah, very I would, fast. I would agree. Uh, you know, the other thing I like about it is that kind of windowed view, the top sites view, where you have like all, like pretty much, I'm guessing that it's kind of looking at your bookmarks folder and, and giving you a, a small view of, of each one of the pages that you would, that you typically go to. Uh, actually, it's, it's looking yeah. at your history and it's seeing the yeah. ones that you go to the most. Uh, and you can actually change that guy. If you go into I edit, you can pin specific web pages to that, so those are always there. And you can also drag things from your bookmarks and stick them on there as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, very so, nice. Uh, yeah, it, and it's it's uh, a lot of the uh, a lot of the PC people kind of criticize that view when uh, when they launched the beta. They said, "Oh, it's just typical Apple flashy. It's not as good as the way Google Chrome does it, which is just a you know a static thumbnails. page view on a grid thumbnails yeah. exactly." I, I think it I think it looks really nice. And why not make uh, things know, look nice if it doesn't take any more resources? Exactly, and That's, if you know if you, if you do have a big monitor, it actually is quite impressive. I also like the cover flow view for going through your going through your history. You know, you know, I think that that's the first use of cover flow that I found particularly useful and something that I actually would use. Because let's be honest, we don't remember the names of the websites that we go to if we're just browsing and browsing and browsing. You remember what it looked like, and so exactly. the cover flow going through your history—that's smart, David. Exactly. And um, so the big question, of course, is where do we all stand on Tabgate? Yeah. They've, you guys changed, start. they've changed where the tabs go on Safari 4, and it's caused some controversy. Yep. Well. So I, 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 after, after, once you get used to it, I thought, I don't see what the big fuss is. This makes more sense to me than, than the other way it's done, which well, is it, in it, Firefox. You save screen real estate with it this way. Yeah, with, you do. With the tabs at the to top say. of the window. You get to see more of the web page, at least you know ten pixels worth or so. But the thing is, look, I've got Firefox three open in front of me at the moment, and I've got about five tabs open. If I click on any one of these tabs, then I can see probably about thirty characters of the page title in the tab. Yep. And then I click on any of them, and then the title bar at the top changes to show the full title of the page. Yep. Which, if you think about it, is stupid. It's duplicating information. And actually, it's giving me information in a in a more restricted view that doesn't really help me that much because a lot of these pages, the beginning of the of the page title is the same. So um, by moving the tabs up to the top and allowing you to see more of them, to me, makes more sense. It, ma- it seems more modal to me. But of course, yeah, well, it also breaks all of Apple's UI on every application that they've ever created. I mean, they just like threw out the UI book and said. We're going to put tabs at the top of the window, even though no other application does that. Yet. And we're yet. also... Well, well, yeah, well, exactly. I think you've got the, you've hit the nail right in the head there. Do you there, think this um, is something guy. that we're going to see with Snow Leopard? 
Uh, I don't know if it'll be with Snow Leopard when it first comes out because you know Snow Leopard is going to require a lot of I think a lot of developers to revisit their software to to make it you know take because let's face it Snow Leopard is only going to be Intel. So once once you throw out having to deal with the compatibility layer for PowerPC, they can make their code a lot tighter. And you know, and once people start getting used to that, maybe they will do some UI tweaks to to, to bring the Finder and to bring some some of the a- Apple's standard. But programs. Apple doesn't doesn't wait around for everyone else to catch up to what they're doing in the UI. They've always taken the lead. This is what it looks like now. Uh, you need to code your applications to to look like this or to use this feature. They don't wait around for developers to uh, embrace that change before they implement it. That's never been Apple's way. Um, and I think that this tab window at the top would particularly look, work well in the Finder. Have four or five windows open, and it's just tabbed right across the top. Yeah, instead of having multiple windows all over the place. Right. There is no and- tabbed interface at all in the web browser or in the in the Finder. And that's exactly where I want my tabs. I also want that in, like, text edit. Why can't I have four or five text edit documents open and they're just tabs? That would okay. I would love that. Well, now, now think about this. At, at the very far upper right side of the browser, you have that little plus button, which automatically opens up a new window. For, or not a new window, but a new tab for you. So if, if this was extended to some of your other programs, you're in Photoshop, you're in whatever, and you're like, okay, I want to make a new document. Well, you, you're no longer using uh, keyboard shortcuts. You don't have to. You don't have to go to the menu because right there in the window that you're working in is a little plus button, and you can just open up a new window for the application or a new tab for the application. Yeah, right now if you want to start a new folder, for instance, uh, what a pain in the butt that is. Could they do something with a tabbed interface that just a little button at the top, you click it, and it just creates a new folder or it creates a new window? Or, I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of UI things that they completely changed around in in this tabbed interface in Safari 4. And at first I really liked it. Then I started not liking it, and now I'm back to liking it again. I don't know. <laughs> You're so fickle, Tim. I am fickle. But, you okay, know, well, here, here's one thing I don't like. Here's one thing I don't like about the Safari 4 beta or beta is that the, the the progress bar is gone yeah that does bother me too i don't like the little spinny thing a la uh, firefox uh it's just spinning now obviously when you were loading a web page in safari 3 all, all the way back to the, the very first safari beta if you remember back then uh you'd have that little blue bar that would go across and it would let you know uh, approximately where you are at loading this web page I like that, and it's kind of a little blankie that I like to rub up against my face and feel good about when my tummy hurts. I just like seeing that little status bar. I like knowing roughly where I'm at loading this web page. With that gone, I mean, you, it just feels kind of like it's naked out there, David. Yeah, it's, it is. It is kind of um, you know, you do get. I know when the when the um, progress bar first. You know, when I first saw it, I thought, well, that's a little strange. Why is it filling that in? But it, it is a very useful feature, and I do kind of miss it. But I think the thing to bear in mind is this is a, it is a beta, and things will doubtless change before Snow Leopard actually launches. What I, what I really took away from the, from the, you know, from the program is the fact that, you know, this is a good indication to me of what the Snow Leopard experience is going to be like. There are going to be changes, but ultimately the thing is just going to be so much faster than what we have today. Does it take, if you guys open up your hard drive, I don't mean physically, I mean you click your hard drive and then you click your applications folder. 
Doesn't it take a few seconds for things to show up? I, I um, hate that. Sometimes, yeah. Some, sometimes I, I can it does. load some web pages faster than it will show me the the 150 applications that I have in that folder. That ain't right. No. They need to bring some of the speed of opening this rendering speed in Safari 4. They need to bring that to the Finder. Yeah, but find, Finder's still written in Carbon, so I would hope that the Snow Leopard then would be moving it over to Cocoa, and we will see that bigger speed improvement. That's what we need. We need that bad. So what's some of the other enhancements in Safari 4 that's got you guys won over that you hate? What about um, that full-page zoom? I don't know about that. I mean, it zooms the graphics and everything, which I suppose is good if, if you're sight-impaired. Um, but it really does weird things to formatting of websites when you do it. Yeah, it does. But I think, I mean, going back to what we were saying before with these big monitors, if you've got like a 24 inch or 27 inch monitor on a high resolution, sometimes, particularly if you've got your desk set up so that it's not particularly close to you, it can be hard to read yes. uh, a web page. And that is, you know, the way Safari sort of re-renders the text, why not, while not changing the graphics, because you can have it do that if you want to. Um, to me, you know, if, if you if you are struggling to read it, particularly as you get a bit older, maybe, um, I think that's going to be a, a, a boon. I like the. Did you notice that movie that it played at the beginning when you first launched it? Yeah, yeah it's it like, kind of reminded me of uh, when when you uh, you know change your your OS. Oh, uh, and it's, it's very reminiscent of when you first fire up an Apple TV. Um, yeah. Did you know that that's not a movie file? That that was all done in like HTML. Really? No, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I haven't figured out how to replay it, but I want to replay it. I, I really <laughs> enjoyed that little opening cinematic. And, I, you know, that's just the little things that Apple does to let you know that your experience in using this program and on this computer is going to be a little different than what you're used to. It's going to be a little bit better. At least that's the, the that's kind of how I look at it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Anything else on uh, Safari 4 before we wrap here, guys? Uh, no, I, just, I think I think it's an improvement. Um, of course, you know they got their bugs to work out, and for God's sake, Apple, give me back my progress bar. Yeah, I, I agree with you on the progress bar. That needs to come back, if not necessarily at the top, then at least at the bottom, a la uh, Netscape Navigator. I still think Netscape did it the best of all the web browsers out there, but I'm old school, and that's kind of what I came up with that in Mozilla. So I'm showing my age. So we're gonna we're gonna wrap this segment up and we're gonna come back and we're going to take a look at Windows seven, six versions of it. Uh <laughs> I think it's kinda of funny. So we're, yeah. gonna, we're gonna talk about that and wrap up the show. We'll be right back. And we're back for the last and final segment here for uh, show number 230. So, guys, Windows 7, uh, I don't know if this is going to come out in uh, 09 or we're going to have to wait to, uh, for 10. Uh, uh, the latest I've heard is, is uh, the fourth quarter this year, so it will be just before uh, Christmas season this year. Well, that would we'll make see. sense. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to hold my breath because Microsoft is notoriously late when it comes to OSs. Well, but, yeah, but think think about this. You know, they released the uh, the Windows Seven uh, public beta, beta, public beta, and it, <clears throat> according to you know, I, I didn't do it, but most of the people that I've talked to that have done it have said it, it was really close to being feature complete. Yeah, it's pretty much done. 
it is pretty much done. There's so, not more. There. I, I'm going to assume that you have the Windows 7, David. I do. I'm running it on one of my many netbooks at the moment. Yeah. Okay. Which, so you're, I think you're, you're probably running it in boot camp on a uh, on a Win MSI Win machine. Yeah, well, I, ha- I do have it on boot camp on, on one of my Macs as well. Um, this here's the thing, right? Windows Seven, even though it's it's uh, you know it's it's trying to be a break from Vista because let's face it, I think we all accept, uh, and even Microsoft now comes to accept that Vista has been a horrible oh, experience for a lot of people. But really, if you look at Windows Seven, what it is is a very similar process to what Apple's currently doing <laughs> with Snow Leopard. So they've taken um, they've taken Vista and they've re-optimized it. They've stripped out a lot of the inefficient code. They have some done some fairly minor interface changes and um, you know introduced a couple of new concepts. But effectively, it's like a rewrite of Vista that runs much more quickly and runs runs better. And the fact that I'm able to run it on a one gigabyte um, memory netbook is is really is a, is a prime example of that. These are low power machines wouldn't run Vista well at all. It'd run so the everyone Mac OS. Was, yeah, it runs the Mac OS fine. Yeah, uh, imagine or, that. And a lot of people have been running Linux or uh, Windows XP on them because uh, they want the performance. And I'm using Windows 7 Beta on, on these machines, and, um, you know, it runs really well. So that's really kind of what, what Windows 7 is about. It's about an optimization of Vista. What's interesting is they picked up a couple of concepts from um, OS X along the way. So the new taskbar now in Windows 7 is actually very works in a very similar way to the dock in OS 10. Yep. That's interesting uh, because I've I've always kind of felt that and you know this is just me that between the dock and uh the taskbar I I've always kind of liked the taskbar better. Yeah. The taskbar still you know you can make it work the same way it always used to but now actually the default mode is it actually looks very much like the dock it has icons it it doesn't have the 3d effect that os 10 has but it has icons in the bottom that are um you know much in the same way the dock does and you, you can have icons that light up when you start the application and then uh, have the light disappears when you close the application but they still sit there in the bar at the bottom so in that that respect it's very very similar to um to os 10 and it's a lot of the graphical effects the error effects as they're known in os in uh, Windows 7 are very similar to Expose as well. So, you know, it's nice that Microsoft are picking up, you know, some real interface improvements um, from OS 10 and putting it in their own operating systems because I think ultimately that's going to help um, Mac users who yeah. have to use Windows um, be a little bit more familiar with the environment. And heaven forbid that they come up with some interface tweaks that's better than what the Mac OS does and then Apple has to respond. Why well, that, that the competition is always good. Absolutely. You know? So um, Windows 7 I, is going to come out in six versions. We have, oh, God. Yeah. We'll, we'll start yeah, at the top is, and work our way down. Windows 7 bad. Ultimate, $320. Well, that's the equivalent, right? That's the Vista equivalent of, yeah. Yeah. They, they, I mean, Vista Ultimate was a bit of a mess because there was supposed to be some extras in there that never really amounted to anything really worthwhile. Uh, I think with with Windows Seven, what they're going to try and do is is bundle some of the more corporate features into the into the application, and they've got stuff like there's an encryption thing called BitLocker and that sort of thing. That sounds but, familiar. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. We, you know, it's it, it's all developments of as, as I say, it's all developments of the Vista stuff because that's that's really where the where the thing has come from. Um, but I, I don't see a lot of. Pe- I mean, most people don't buy Windows by going and buying it in the store. They buy it with a machine, and right. so right. And that and that and it stays at that exact level for the entire time they own the, the computer. That's right. Yeah. Windows Seven Enterprise, Windows Seven Professional, Windows Seven Home Premium, which is. What most people will probably use because that's going to be on the OEM computers, I'm sure. Windows yeah. Home Basic, and then my favorite, <laughs> Windows Seven Starter. And I love what uh, the what it's limit. It's limits three simultaneous applications running at one time. Oh my god! W- what a great piece of marketing software Windows yeah. Seven Starter is. But the thing is, is that. <laughs> Uh, to be fair to Microsoft, and just play devil's advocate for a minute here, um, the Windows XP starter and Windows Vista starter have been on the market for you know eight, eight nine years now with exactly the same set of limitations. This is not a product that you go out and buy in a store in you know in the in the first world or the developed world. This is something that they use in places like China and uh, India, where effectively they know that most people who run Microsoft Windows are using a pirate copy of Ultimate that they bought from a guy on a DVD stall down the market for about $2. Um, <laughs> so so they have starter editions, so they have an official um, presence in the market there, and it's sold at, because it's so, uh, you know, not very richly featured, um, it's sold at a very cheap price so that people can get an official license if they want to. But it's not really a, uh, a you know, as you might imagine with those sorts of limitations. Well, what you it's just described really... still makes absolutely no sense to me. No. Right. If, why if would they cripple running, it? Right. Go ahead. I, why would they sell a crippled version of their official software at a higher price than what you know uh, the guy can go to the corner vendor and buy a, a bootleg of Windows Seven Ultimate for two dollars? Why would they go? Why would Microsoft they, slit their throat by giving them a crippleware? Well, because. If they sell if they sell Ultimate for ten dollars, then all the people in, in countries other than than India would say, "Well, hang on a minute. How come they get it for ten dollars and we get it for three hundred and twenty?" So what they do is they they sell something for ten dollars that isn't very good and nobody's going to buy, um, so that they can say to the rest of the world, "Well, we only sell them a, a lousy version, and you get the decent stuff, and that's why you have to you have to charge more." It's all about protecting their their slightly skewed business model. And, it, and it, it's not slightly skewed. This is a screwed up business model. Oh yeah, yeah I agree. Because how how much money are they spending on packaging and everything else and shipping to send out all of all of this software for that, crippleware? That really. That really no one is going to buy. Now, I'm, I'm assuming that the people who are going to buy this, um, the starter, Windows 7 starter, are people who legitimately want to own the software and run it, and they want to get into computers. So rather than Microsoft giving them the tools in the developing world to help them do that, to help, I don't know, maybe pull themselves out of poverty, Microsoft takes advantage and sells them crippleware. Crippleware. Gee, thanks, Microsoft. You... It's, that's so nice of. Why don't at least they sell them Home Basic? There's at a no cheaper price. at a cheaper price. I don't think anybody in in, in the, the United States or Germany or the UK or Australia or anywhere else in the developed nations, if you will, would be upset if Microsoft stole sold 
Windows 7 starter (laughs) for 20 bucks (laughs) in the developing world. I don't think anybody would care, and I don't think there would be any big uproar. I think there should be more of an uproar for Microsoft selling Crippleware OS. I think that's disgusting. You know how they can solve this? Really, the only thing they have to do to solve this is take away the limitation of the three simultaneous applications. And if it's missing arrow UI tweaks, okay, yeah, so what? But then you're you're into home basic at this point. Well, well, actually, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. And that goes for two hundred bucks. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think I think Microsoft it, it is, is on their yeah. way out. I, I think they're screwing up way way bad. And uh, <laughs> I, I I think that this is kind of a slap in the face. I really do. Windows Seven starter in the developing world. You can only run three applications at once. Wow. Way, way to give them a leg up there, Microsoft. Way to help the developing world. And then you complain about everyone stealing your software in these countries. Guess what? If I was in those countries, I would steal yourself too because you're insulting them otherwise. It's an insult to sell a starter kit that only runs three applications at once. And then you get upset when they're stealing your software. You know what? You deserve it. I'm sorry. If you're going to treat them like that, if you're going to give the developing world crippleware... You deserve to get your stuff stolen. Stolen. I, that's just me, though. Any any, any response, David? Uh, no, I, I I don't disagree with you, Tim. I really don't. I think their their licensing model is is a mess. Um, I think uh, they they've missed an opportunity to try and rationalise it all. Um, and I think you know some of the jibes that have been made by Apple in the past about. You know, here's the ultimate version. Here's the business version. Here's the uh, home version, and it's it's Just all the same all price. Package, it's right? all the same one, all, all the, the one package, one. and it's all I the think same that, price. Yeah. I think that 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 made a very good point. You know, I, obviously, my, my you know, Microsoft have a business model that they feel gives them the right spread of of products and uh, and you know income, and we'll see we'll see how that goes forward. To me, I find it very confusing. Uh, I mean. Working in business, you you you've got no idea when you start getting into the server products and trying to understand, you know, what the combinations are and, and try and work out a cost for two and a half thousand, three three and a half thousand machines. Like I was uh, discussing with a colleague the other day, it's a complete nightmare. Dude, if so you much buy- so they- Go ahead. I want to say so much so that you actually have to employ, um, and Microsoft employs, dedicated software licensing specialists who sit down and work out what it's going to cost you to get a particular suite of software for a certain number of machines and servers. It's ridiculous. But that is the way they operate. You know, I could have bought, in fact, the very first iMac that I bought that had a DVD player in it, Apple had a bundled DVD player software. Here we are coming up on the year 2010, and if you buy Microsoft 7 Home Basic, you can't even play a DVD from their OS. Yeah. You can't even play a DVD. How retarded is Microsoft's business plan? Six different versions, they're retarded. It's stupid. I I agree. Uh, Yeah, there should have been, there should have just been two. One. No, there should well, be two. I'll give them that. No, there, there should be two. There should be a home version. There yep. should be a business version. That's it. And Absolutely. That's that's it. That's 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 exactly right. And, well, and, I, 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 I would tell you right now, I, I disagree a little bit. I, there should, I, in my opinion, there should be three versions: home version, a professional version, and then an enterprise version that that differs only in uh, volume licensing. <laughs> well, you can yeah. do the volume licensing with the pro version, though. I mean. 
I, I think there should be two versions, a, a home that does everything, and then the pro version, which is for business. You can call it business if you want. You can call it ultimate if you want. That does, you know, uh, direct access, branch caching, uh, volume licensing, BitLocker, does all those things that the home version simply doesn't do. But the home version, uh, people at home could also buy the pro version if they want at a premium price, 300 bucks if you want. But, I, you know, Apple has it all over Microsoft. And you would Absolutely. think that at this point in time, Microsoft would have learned that, especially after the, the, the Vista debacle, you think they would have learned, but they haven't. And so I they're going to yeah. get whatever they get coming to them. I think, I think, it. yeah, but I, th- I think just the takeaway that I've, that I've felt from using Windows 7 is that, you know, it really is, you know, licensing aside, it really is, you know, much more of a competitor to OS 10 than Vista ever has been. Um, and, um, it'll be interesting to see how it pans out. I think that people will become a bit more pro Microsoft once 7 launches. And uh, I, I got and bad the, news the proof, for and the proof Apple, will be in the is, Apple will need to respond. They will well, need here's to, the thing, that, and you know, I was going to say that. I got bad news from Microsoft. Uh, Apple and the Mac OS X is a moving target. Yeah. And Microsoft is so slow to adopt anything new. Uh, I, and you said it yourself, David, all these things are very Mac-like. It's because yeah. Microsoft doesn't come up with anything original themselves. They never have and they never will. And I think that's the problem. So We're going to wrap up the show. Uh, we'll be back in one week with show 231. Uh, what are we going to talk about next week, guys? I know we're going to talk about uh, Blu-ray. Uh, yeah, yeah. Do, uh, yep, maybe an interview <laughs> with uh, Alex from RSS Player. And uh, we're going to talk about the iPhone some with Mark. So we'll be back in one week. And don't forget to subscribe to our new show. Go ahead, David. Geeky, geekiest, show geekish, geekiest show ever. Geekiest show ever. Well, we talk about the things that get us through the day. That's right. The, the fun stuff. Our next uh, geekiest show ever, we're going to be talking about Watchmen. Yeah. Comes out this weekend. We're all going to see it, and we're just going to have a big geek fest on it. And maybe Chad Perry would join us for that show, too, because he's. I'm actually going with Chad uh, to do uh, to do the Watchmen. So if, if you're going to listen to that show, wear a raincoat. That's right. And uh, don't forget <laughs> to check out our sponsor, otherworldcomputing.com. Visit mymac.com for... All of our original content. Um, right now, if you go up there, we've got a lot of reviews. Richer Solo Dual iPod Charger from Rich Lefko. Uh, a review of iVideo Songs Music lef- Lessons from Artie. Uh, Mark Rudd did Match Speech Dictate 1.3. Uh, did you guys check out the iFi Explorer card review that Owen did? That was really good. Yeah, yeah. This is a nice product. And uh, Spellcatcher X. From David Weeks. I can't believe Spellcatcher's still out there. I used to use that, you know, a decade ago, and I didn't even know that that program still existed, so I might have to check that out. But, you know, with the, the built-in macOS spelling checker, that's usually well, and, all I need. And dictionary and thesaurus and yeah. everything else. Yeah, and Google. <laughs> yeah. Google is your friend. kind of my, uh, my spell checker. Is that how I spell that? Google it real quick, and Google will tell you yes or no. So, all right, let's wrap up the show. We'll be back in uh, one week. See you guys later. <laughs>